to Kingdom Come with Andrew Nkoyoyo, called to be God's voice, reaching people worldwide with the message of Jesus Christ. Thank you again for joining us again on this episode of Kingdom Come. We are continuing and we're going to talk about the blessings, the results of absolute surrender as it pertains to holiness, righteousness, purity, as it pertains to the clean hands and the pure heart. Amen? Romans 6, verse 3 and 4. He says, Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now stay with me on this because I want to unpack this on a separate day into the fullness, but absolute surrender is going to bring you into this experience. And what is that experience? Is the baptism into his death. Can you say it with me? Baptism into his death. Have you ever read that scripture and wondered what that means? Oh, I'm going to show you how you can pursue that. Because we are called not only to, into the baptism of repentance, right? We have sought the baptism of repentance, baptism in water, and we have sought the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But there is two baptisms that we haven't talked about. At least not a whole lot. And one is the baptism of fire that I'll talk to you on another day. And the baptism into his death. Now Paul says to the Romans, some of us, so which implies to me that not many or not everybody was baptized into this, had this experience. Amen? But he says that, don't you know that some of us, we are baptized into his death, therefore we are buried. And so Jesus, he says, I want you to be baptized into my death. And as a matter of fact, I want you to be buried with me so you can be resurrected, raised with me like I was. That's what Paul says. So that is a definite experience that we could have. But that experience only comes, and I'll show you, only after our will is surrendered. Because when you surrender your, your will, you begin to experience the death that Jesus experienced in the garden. Are you seeing? See, many people think that dying for Jesus, dying for, with Christ, is going to Afghanistan or Pakistan or a deadly country and they might die. That's not what it means. He says, I want you to die to the very things that took me to the cross. Are you seeing the picture? I want you, for you to be baptized with me into this death. I want you to be, begin to die to those things that took me to the cross. And so through your pursuing this death to sin and to iniquity and all unrighteousness, you are dying with me. And as you begin to pursue the clean hands and the pure heart, the life of righteousness and holiness, you are being raised to the reality that I rose from the dead to give to humankind. 
Are you seeing it? You see, God is not saying go to Afghanistan to die. He may ask, but right now he's saying right there, I want you to be baptized into my death. And how you do that? You begin to bring the works of the flesh and all iniquity and sin and all the things that defile the temple. And you begin to crucify yourself. Okay? And you cannot have this experience. That's why Paul says it's only some of us. You want to know the secret to Paul's revelation and power? It's right here. And I'm going to show you that in order for you and I to have this death, we cannot be holding on to the world and have the baptism into his death. We cannot be holding on to the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and the lust of the eyes and all the things of the world and be baptized into his death. Because it's for those things that he died that he may bring us into the newness of the life that heaven could impart upon the human soul. Are you listening to me church? This is the baptism. And I will talk to you because I've never had anybody talk about it. No wonder we can't really have the fullness of what the baptism of the Holy Spirit will impart on us. Because we haven't been baptized into his death. I mean Paul says I am crucified with him. I am dead with him. He died to save the world. He died so he could bring sin and iniquity to death. I am crucified with him. If he wants it death, I'm going to mortify sin and self and all unrighteousness in me. So that I am dead with him and I'm buried with him. You see, that's what it means. You see, most of us, we have read that scripture and I've had many people say, what does this mean? This means that God is calling you to a lifestyle of absolute surrender. And then the Holy Spirit goes to work. The moment you throw up your hands and say, God, it's not my will, but your will be done. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of life in Jesus Christ is going to begin to work in you this death. Into his death. He's beginning to bring you to the place of conviction. And it's a place that the flesh is going to be screaming. It's going to be kicking. Because the flesh <laughs> is all that God is trying to put to death. Amen. And so the flesh is trying to hold on to whatever it can as long as you will. But the moment you give up your will, you find that the will of God is going to squash. The lusts of the flesh. Because now you are not just moving by yourself. But you are being operated by the spirit. The eternal spirit of God. is working eternal life. And releasing the eternal power of God in you. And through you. Are you seeing the picture beloved? That's why Paul is saying. I'm telling you. Not all of. Everybody has experiences. But some of us. So which gives me hope. That I can have it. You see. If Paul could have it, you can have it. But you see, many people have prayed, Lord, give me the revelation of Paul. I want to be like Paul. No, you can't. There will always be one Paul. But you know what? You can be you. And you can learn from what Paul walked. The things he did. And right here, there's an example. He died with Christ. He was baptized into his death. He says, I am crucified. You want to be like Paul? You can learn from him and be crucified like he was. You see, you are not. These are definite experiences that we hardly talk about. Amen? 
Oh, I know I have agonized when God has brought me face to face with my iniquity. When I said, God, how can a preacher, a man of God, you know, just be rattled by simple things, a doubt and unbelief. Lord, how come? And the Holy Spirit says, you need to live. This is not a one-time thing. It is a lifestyle of absolute surrender day by day. If you keep on surrendering yourself to God, you are going to keep on walking in the fullness of all. And I'm telling you, you are going to experience this death. I pursue it every day and I pray you begin to pursue it. If you don't already are pursuing it because I'm telling you, it's glorious. But you see, the moment you say yes, the enemy, and I'm telling you, I'm not saying it's all going to be rosy. The enemy is going to come out blazing. You know why? He's, he knows that if you can have your mind and your will totally turned over to God, and you begin to be filled, the Bible says, unto fullness. You know when every time the Bible says unto, it means it's like a process that is going to culminate into the fullness. You see, we can have the fullness. Maybe I'm just a little crazy, but I believe we can. Because it's in the Bible. And I take God at His word. He says, under fullness of the will of God. We can experience this, but we have to fulfill the condition. Amen? There are some conditions, and this is a result. This is the blessing I'm pursuing. I pray you will. Because Paul tells me, again, Galatians 2.20, he says, because of this, I have been, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But now it's not I. Now you see the picture? When you're crucified, it's no longer the self, your, the self will. See, this is the battle. You've got the Zoe life, the spirit life, and you've got the, 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 the soulish life. The suke, you know, so you've got this battle going on, but the spirit life wants to take over, but that is fighting against your self-will. Now, you have to bring the self-will under crucifixion. That's what he says. You, I'm crucified. Why? Because I have lost my will to the will of God. I am crucified. I am dead to all that I will want, and all I want is the will of God. And you see the spirit of God, the moment you say the spirit of God begins to work in you both to will now and to perform you see we have tried so many times to be good and to be holy and to be righteous you cannot let me help you you cannot please God not even on a good day you cannot why because it's flesh and blood until you bring yourself to absolute surrender into the hands of the almighty god you cannot because it's only him that can work in you both to will and to perform what is pleasing are you seeing the picture beloved i know this might not be new to you but i'm telling you for me this is the life that god is calling me and he's saying, I am coming soon and my church is not ready. The church has to be ready. And how can we be ready? We begin here. Clean hands and a pure heart. And then we begin to seek out the higher life instead of the lower life. Because we have been feeding the mind. We have been feeding the flesh. And everywhere you go, it's about pleasing things to the flesh. And we, we indulge. And I'm telling you. And then we wonder, where is the God of the Bible? Do you wonder? I wonder. And I'm telling you, it's not a bad thing to say, God, where, where is the God of the Bible? Because I'm telling you, God did not just save us to bring us into religion. Amen. He brought us into access. 
to the resources, the wealth and the health and, and all that God will give to those that will die. Amen. To those that will die. So that's one, one, one of the blessings. The other result is this is going to lead to our lifestyle of obedience and righteousness. Romans 6 verse 16. He says, do you not know that if you continually surrender or present or yield yourselves to anyone to do his will, watch this, you are the slaves of him whom you obey. So if you yield or present or surrender and turn over your will to God, you become a slave to God. Why? Because you have voluntarily given over yourself. Now, watch the, the, the next part. Whether that be sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Who are you yielding to? Hmm? Because it says here, you are a slave to whoever you yield to. Now, you know why Paul said, I am a born servant? I am a slave? Because he had yielded. It wasn't that he was one of these guys that is stuck in this calling that is, he, can't, he can't bear doing what God is calling because, oh, I'm a, I've had this. Oh, I'm, I'm a slave for Jesus. No, you are a slave because you have surrendered voluntarily. You willingly given over yourself to him and as such, you become a slave because you yield to God. And then God, in exchange, he pours himself to you. I mean, Paul wrote three quarters of the New Testament. I mean, you want to do something right, substantial for God? Look at Paul. He wrote three quarters out of Revelation. But he's telling you in order, oh, I'm going to, he says, I am crucified, I am a dead man, yet I live. And the life I live is not by sight. It's not motivated by how I feel or economy or my circumstances or the things around me. It's motivated by the Holy Spirit who moves me. Who works in me. Oh my goodness. He's one of my favorite. Because you look at his life. Say what a guy. But then you study his life and say oh my goodness I could have this. As a matter of fact, it is there because God wants you and I to have it. That's why it's there, not for him to brag about this death that he experienced, but to encourage us and to show us we can be baptized. And it's a good thing. Because if we are going to know the power of the Holy Spirit, the other baptism to really access the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of fire, amen, we have to have this one. Because he says, because we are baptized into his death, therefore we are buried with him. But, oh, I love this one. Like Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we are raised. The glory of God is going to raise you up. Oh, the glory of God, the glory of the Father, the way it raised Christ Jesus is going to raise you up. And what is the glory of God? The glory of God is the face of God. In Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, he talks about people, if his people will, will, will begin to pray and repent and seek his face. What is he talking about? The face of God? Again, it is a figure of sleep. He's talking about the glory. 
How do we seek the glory? How do we experience the glory? It's right there. It's when we, got, we seek the baptism into his death. And the glory of God automatically comes because it's the one that's going to raise you up. It's not you now trying to work for God. It's you now working with God. You see the difference? Years ago, the Holy Spirit said, Andrew, you have done a good job. You have tried everything now. I want you to stop working for me and work with me. But then in order for me to work with him, I have to put it all in his hands. Right? Because it's known by power, it's known by might, it is by the Spirit of God. Says the Lord. So the Spirit of God, to impart all that God belongs to God, He has to have the control of my vessel, of my life, of your life, of your vessel. Amen? And the Spirit of God is also the Spirit of glory. So He reveals God. He imparts the glory of God. He imparts and reveals the face of God. Oh, don't get me started there. Because I'm telling you, but the key is here. This is the condition. It's like an automatic reaction. If we can say, God, perform this death in us, the Spirit of God is going to begin to work. Because we are meeting the condition and the Spirit of God is moving to work in us both to will and to perform. And then we're going to be raised up by the glory of God. Because we begin now to behold his face. Which is his glory. And as we are beholding his face. The Bible tells us in Corinthians. We are transformed. You see. It is when the glory of God. This death is happening. And the glory of God is transforming us. That we begin to see God for who he is. Are you seeing the picture beloved? It is the higher life. Say that with me. The high life. It's not the one you're living in right now. It's not the one I'm living in right now. There is more. <laughs> there is more. And I'm sent here to challenge you. That this, the surrendered will, will bring freedom from the law of sin and death. We have already talked about that. Romans 8, 1. And verse 2 as well. I'll read verse 2. He says, for the, spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus, has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, notice here, it says Christ, Jesus, not Jesus Christ. Because before the death and the burial, he's referred to as Jesus Christ. He's the Lamb of God that saves, comes after the resurrection. He's Christ, Jesus. Oh, are you seeing the reversal? You see, Jesus did three ministries. He was the lamb. John said, oh, behold the lamb. That takes away the, he, he did that ministry. And then he was also the high priest. But now, when he rises to go to be the great high priest, he, his name, the, the way his name is used, it goes from Jesus Christ, and actually, after the anointing comes upon in Luke 4.18, he goes from Jesus to Jesus Christ. Or, and, and, and his name is used Christ because the anointed one. Now he's anointed. Okay, I, we will not go deep into that. But you see, now the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The Jesus who is anointed, who is been anointed, who has risen from the dead. Now, the one who has conquered is going to conquer sin and death in you. 
But it's after as we have yielded for the law of the spirit to begin to work. Because there is the law of sin and death that is at work in us. The flesh, self, will and all that. Now, in order for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the resurrected anointed Christ to work, we have to be yielded because there's, the only way the Holy Spirit is, will work is where he's given room to work. Amen? The surrendered will will bring fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Romans 6 verse 22. But he says, but now being made free from sin, become servants to God. Ye, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. As we yield and the Holy Spirit goes to work in us. Amen? Bringing our wills and our mind under his control. We begin to experience what the Bible calls sanctification. And he says our fruit is, is going to lead unto or develop or culminate into holiness. And the end is going to be everlasting life. But he's saying the key here is, and this is tied to that verse before. The key is being made free from the law of sin and death that is at work in us by the Spirit. Now again, I want to call your attention. Now, the Holy Spirit is referred to, given another title now. He's called the Spirit of Life in Christ. Did you notice that? Why? Because now, He imparts the, the life of Christ. He's the Spirit of Life in Christ. If you're going to have any life in Christ, the Spirit of Life in Christ Jesus has to work in you. Do you see how, that simple, how simple that is? See, when you study the Bible and you read the Word of God, these are not just simple names or titles. These are connected to the work that the Holy Spirit will do in you, for you, and through you. And right now, in order for you and I to be sanctified, to walk in this life of holiness and righteousness and fear of God, the Spirit of life has to impart the life that is of Christ in you. What news? Do you, do you see it? How precious it is for us to yield? Because if we hold on to the low life, we don't receive the fullness of the high life, of the spirit life. Because the Holy Spirit will only work where He's given the room to work. Amen? You see, when I came to America, I wanted to go back home. Because I'll go to churches and they will only be open, they'll have working hours. Where I come from, the church is always open. We are praying, people are praying. It's like constant prayer. It's a sanctuary, people are coming and tabernacle with God. Day and night. And we had, so I'm, no, we have Wednesday night prayer for an hour. And like, what is up with that? <laughs> And then I went to the services. And it's, it's, I remember they were timing. They said, well, you have 30 minutes. I'm like, what am I going to do with 30 minutes? I know the Holy Spirit could do a lot in five minutes. But why do we put restriction? But I mean, because where I come from, no wonder God is moving. We praise until God says, you, stop praising. 
And I'm not against schedule or structure, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, if He's going to be the wind and He's going to be the breath and blow us and, and move us, we have to be pliable. We have to be yielded. And we have to sense and to know when He's blowing us and when He's done blowing. Are you listening, church? But you cannot do that when you're not yielded. Amen. I mean, we, I have seen miracle signs and wonders, people getting saved and people getting, when this, this just worship, but it's the spirit-led worship. All the preaching. Oh, what, I mean, and I'm asking God, why am I here? Why here? Why me? Seriously, I said, God, three times I bought a ticket to go back. And the Holy Spirit said, no, I, I, I've got to work for you here. And I said, what is it? There's churches on every street. This is what I told God. There's churches on every street. Why me here? I, I want to go to places where, and he told me, because God wants to awake another army that is radical, that is fearless. An army that is going to stand for him and yield to him and seek out the fullness of the spirit. And he, this is what he said to me. He said, you are part of that army and you are my vessel. You are one of those that I'm calling. Will you? And so I, I had to throw up my hand and say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And that's when I began to enter into the prophetic call that I have for America. Because before I was seeing things in the, so many churches and all these things. Until I said, not my will, yours. The blinders went off. And I said, oh my goodness. It stinks. No. Now, I love the church. I'm part of the church. But what I mean is, what stinks is the fact that we love self so much that we are not willing to yield for that Holy Spirit to have his way. That we rather value professionalism and excellence and all the good things that make up a good structure and a good service, but not really worry about if we are moving the heart of God and the hearts of men. Are you listening, church? Because I, I was in services across the country as I traveled, and, and they would say, <laughs> that's too radical. I'm like, what is too radical for God to do something? Well, <laughs> yeah, one church, I, we had a service the next day, they had a board meeting. <laughs> we don't sure if we are ready for that. Are you listening, church? The problem is not even the devil. Let me tell you right now. The problem is not the devil. The problem is the self-will. If we can get out of the way, God will heal America. So as I finish, I want to put this to you, my friend. Will you surrender to God? Will you turn over yourself to God? Throw up your arms and say, God, not my will. But yours be done. And watch what we'll do with you and through you. May God bless you. To watch on our website, receive prayer, to give, or to request a copy of Andrew's book, Working the Works of God, please visit us online at www.kingdomimpactministry.org or write to Kingdom Impact Ministry, P.O. Box 2073, Montrose, Colorado, 81402. 
This broadcast is a presentation of Kingdom Impact Ministry and is made possible by the grace of God, faithful prayers, and gifts from partners and viewers like you.